1: So like, take off to the Great White North. Beauty, beauty. Take off, it's a beauty way to go. Jeez. Take off, you hosers.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to hosers. This is episode ninety-one. I'm your host Chris Killingsworth, and joining me as always is my friend Thomas Williams. How you doing, Thomas?
1: How's it going, Chris?
0: It's going well. <laughs> I have to do my it. glasses. I'm it's pretty okay. bummed out. But, I had know, to do
1: the making- I had to do the Carter intro. It's okay, Carter. Yeah, uh, Carter fell off a cliff hiking with his girlfriend. So uh,
0: yep, never to be seen again. R.I.P. Um, way it goes.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm better than your glasses right now, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a hangout, just a chill night. So uh, can't ask for too much. Um, I like it. Yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, that sounds <laughs> good. Um, we have a a friend yeah. joining us today. Tony Ferrari of the Hockey News slash Sports Illustrated. Is there one that comes before the other, Tony? How does that normally work?
2: So I was told I have to put the hockey first, but I very often put Sports Illustrated first because as much as I respect both, it's just cool to say I work for the Hockey or Sports Illustrated. The Hockey News is awesome too, but I'll always kind of... Sneak it in there like, yeah, Sports Illustrated, it's pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a little brag. I'm not even going to no. stay humble about it. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. We're excited to have you on. I know
0: you and Thomas had been talking uh, about coming on a, a little bit uh, after the draft, which I think this is good timing now that some of the dust uh, has settled and we're in defense. See how, how it's changed on your end. How did, you, uh, how did you enjoy the draft and how are you feeling about things?
2: Uh, I feel good. Like I, I, I think I, I said it all year. It was going to be a weird draft. There was going to be players picked all over the board and it wasn't going to be uh, anything that anyone expected. So I, I think I nailed that part, despite the fact that my rankings look completely garbage <laughs> compared to what actually happened, much like everyone else. But uh, no, it, it was weird for me this year because I I'd left over Prospects right before the draft, uh, two weeks before the draft. And and I didn't have the new gig yet. So I I got to watch the draft as a fan. I could tweet out what I wanted to, but I didn't have to feel like obligated to do that day after article or anything. It was a little bit more relaxed. And I I haven't had that during draft for a couple of years. Absolutely. So
0: what we're going to do is we're going to do what we do anytime we have a guest on and learn a little bit more about how you got into hockey. But I was hoping you'd, you'd you'd touch on how you got into the, the drafting side and the scouting side um i'll let you take it from there wherever you want to go with it how did you how did you get into it uh well
2: i got into hockey because i i, I was never actually able to play it i, I loved the sport and i i play it now as an adult a little bit in beer leagues and stuff like that but i was never able to afford it as a kid so i i was just obsessed with this sport where w- when you put look at it at the base level it's it's 10 guys on the ice excluding the two goalies who have knives on their feet and
0: are you there thomas did we yeah, just lose him yeah, yeah, oh you're, no you're just too excited that was he was like they've got knives on their feet and he's gone. Yeah. Just like that. Oh my god, i Tony will be coming back, I'm sure, but we're just gonna just keep rolling too, per- too perfect. I'm, I'm so keep too perfect. perfect. He's just so
1: hyped up about I love his, it. His childhood love of hockey, and then just grew if I should probably check my Twitter games. Um, these
0: things happen. These things happen. That's so funny. <laughs> I wouldn't falling? be too worried about
1: it. I wonder if he's just going off still.
0: Um, oh I'm sure he he knows, but that's funny. <laughs> Tony, wherever you are, <laughs> we hope you're safe. The good thing these about things tend to happen
1: is that we can still, even if like he never comes back, we can still have the podcast like title like featuring Tony
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was what? in true Ferrari form here today and gone shortly wow. thereafter. That's how these things go. Um He'll be back. I'm confident. Uh, in the meantime, yeah. we haven't recorded an episode in a while. Sorry about that. Carter is actually in the bush, uh, which is exciting. You guys know that uh, Carter gets lost every summer and we only hear from him sporadically because he's like hiking and being a man's man.
1: Yeah. So I was on vacation for last week and was able to just go down to Sarnia, see some family, um, went camping too. just, Completely just deplugged, unplugged, I guess, not deplugged.
0: Um do you see any um Sarnia sting hanging out? Ty Void or like Van <laughs> or any of the no. fellas?
1: No, I uh my uh, family lives by the Junior B arena though. I forget oh what's the th- what's their name? Sarnia. Sarn- it's like a yeah, there's like Le- a junior
0: Legionnaires, I want to say Legionnaires, so, um, yeah. Legionnaires. That's it. Yeah,
1: yeah that's the I, um that's the I'm
0: weird for stuff like that.
1: That's the you game I like, saw. Oh. Yeah. What?
0: What? Sorry, I keep so, interrupting. You it was you like friend.
1: no, it's okay. It was I think it was 2017 or something. I saw a game of theirs, um, and like it was literally all you could imagine. Dudes wearing Oakley and like Walmart yeah. Ed Hardy, and then girls that were like there were a lot of fights and like yeah, these like probably 21 year old girls with like a baby in hand. And just like smacking the shit out of the seat in front of them, like hollering about the fight, just like yeah, Junior B, Junior, Junior B,
0: like out that way is like not only is it very competitive hockey, like yeah, I have some thoughts, but it's um like when your team's called the Legionnaires and you're like a walking you know your your jersey is like the legion all encompassing onto yeah. one sweater perfect you're gonna party right like yeah i know you and M love a legion beer that's what oh i've heard god we love it it's so good
1: uh but like their their arena is one of those where like the seats are super steep like probably sit, oh yeah like eight rows up there's probably just eight rows around the rink and then yeah. the space behind them like the actual path is might be wide enough for one person. Like if you're crab walking, like it's like nothing. And then everything's like downstairs and stuff. Like it's, it's a crazy, like small building, but it's so fun. It's just like, yeah.
0: The, do you remember what team they were playing? Oh, I have no clue. Cause like the, uh, the, so for people who don't know, Junior B doesn't really exist like where we live. It's mostly like Western Ontario, um, because they don't have a Junior A league over there, which is a very contentious topic. Because those who don't know, the Go JHL has been pleading with uh, the Ontario Hockey Federation and Hockey Canada to be given Junior A distinction, so that kids don't have to live in an area where there's Junior A hockey. Like it's this, it's this big thing. But anyways. Uh, junior b hockey is very very good hockey um but for where they are um there's there's a lot of teams kind of in one small little bit of the well it's not a small bit of the province but like
1: it's, um, it's just like the little like sliver
0: and then it's like yeah. all right there yeah. they're they're cool though um i'm trying to think of a team that i've watched in the last couple of years go J. Like, I think the Strathroy rockets have, like, the coolest it's logo. Dude, have you seen this logo?
1: I have to send it in it's, the Zoom
2: chatter. So
0: I will. Strong. It's like. Holy
2: it's... crap. <laughs> <laughs> I you me. all good? I, I was so upset. I was so mad. I, it just, the, my computer was like, we're going to update right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. But, yeah, I think we're good now. It was funny
0: because you were like, yeah, these people are skating on knives. And then you just dropped. And I was like, what's the rest of the story? This is very <laughs> – I want to hear more. This is good. Um, That's okay. Thomas and I are just talking about the best logos in Ontario Junior B hockey.
2: Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my. I don't know. There's a – I have no clue. I, I watched so little Junior B ontario I okay it. i like it i do i hate it so much and that's such a piece of shit no, thing what, to say and i know that. what don't you like about um, it if you
0: don't mind me asking
2: it's just i'm so used to watching major junior and i, I watch yes, a lot of, of european course. hockey and like i watch like second tier european hockey and it's just such a funner game like it's so, so yeah. much more skilled and, and like I, i'm a guy that likes the small players so when a guy like like Ayrton Martino, and that's not Junior B, but Ayrton Martino's playing down under the OHL, and he's a small guy who's getting roughed up and stuff. And I'm like, I ah, just let the guy play. I want to see I the, am the a skill.
0: humongous fan of Martino. You and I could talk about that for a while. He played on a St. Mike's Buzzers team with a buddy of mine oh, who beautiful. I used to work yeah. with. Uh, his name's Cam Searles. So you've probably seen him play before, he was the captain of that team. And uh, him and I worked together and he was like, you got to see this Martino kid. He's so good. Like one of the best players I've ever played with. And he at that point in his life played with some pretty good players. Um, And you and I can geek out about, uh, about Martino as we, as we move on. Um, Let me, let me let you finish your thought though. You, You were going on this very strong, uh, kind of tangent about uh, players skating on knives. I'll let you finish that thought.
2: So my my whole thing with the players on knives. So everyone, when they, they ask me why I'm so excited about hockey, why I love the sport, it's it's because it is at the base level, dudes out there on ice with knives on their feet, hitting a rubber puck around with sticks. Yeah. And just the, the utter ridiculousness of that alone at, at the base level is just such a fun idea. And, and so with hockey, I, I love the game. It's just such an exciting sport, and now that we're going to faster and faster games, and it, it's just so fun. But as for the draft, it, it's just the hope. I, I love the fact that everyone every year ranks a hundred guys. Yeah, when fifty guys out of the entire draft make it to the NHL as consistent guys, so we all like to think we're the smartest people in the room at the end of the day. But the reality of the situation is, even the best NHL teams are hitting thirty yeah. percent. So it's a lot like baseball, where if you can hit three hundred, you're pretty good, damn good at your job, and in hockey, in the draft specifically, like you don't actually have to be that good. Like 20, 25% is really good for an NHL team. So if I can sit there and kind of boast that I am around that, I, I feel I like pretty it. good about it. So
0: how did you get into the, the scouting thing? How did that all come together for you? And I mean, it's, it's led to, uh, you know, some great uh, insight from you. I know you were with Dauber before and, and now you're with the hockey news. How did the, how did the scouting thing come, come together for
2: you? So that's actually really interesting because basically what happened is uh, three and a half years ago. Now I was just like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to get on Twitter. Like I wasn't even on Twitter at all. Like it wasn't a thing that I was super interested in, but to get the, the Leafs daily lineups and what's going on in practice and stuff, I joined Twitter. And then a buddy of mine was like, Hey, you should write for this little blog puck 77. And it's like this little tiny blog that was like run by for, it was run for one season. It didn't even finish the year out and stuff, but I ended up kind of, doing a bunch of different things. I remember one one of the things I was super proud of was uh, I did an interview with Patrick Sandine, Rasmus Sandine's dad. And uh, I put it out right on Father's Day. to like, thank y'all prospect and what his perspective is. And in when he was talking about all the hope that he has for his son and stuff, that was something that really kind of made me go, man, like that's what it must be for yeah. like, everyone in the prospect game. Like you, you have so much hope for all these kids. And so I basically, after that, I started doing prospects that year. And, and that was a few years back now. And I was like, this is really interesting to see all these guys. And now that I've been doing it for a few years, I'm seeing guys like more outsider who I was higher on than just about anybody. I was, I had them at 11 on my rankings and most people thought I was crazy. Um, and I, I wanted them even higher before I was talked down by someone who is fairly respected in the industry. And they're like, no, don't put them in your top 10 or no one take you seriously but I had him at seven. I just love this German kid. And there was like, I I would read German interviews and Google translate stuff and stuff like that. And I just loved this kid. So I was super high on him. And now that no one else was really that high on him. Everyone thought that was a crazy pick at the time. And I was really the only person going, Oh, I kind of like that. That's bold. I'm into this. (laughs) Now I get to brag about it and stuff. And I've had my misses as well. Connor McMichael was a guy that I was like, I don't think he's a very good player at all. And we're seeing that I was completely wrong on that one because he's very good. So it's a really interesting thing where you're going to take your misses, you're going to take your hits, but like, it's just such a fun thing to do. And as a hobby, it was a ton of fun. And now that I'm, I'm getting a little bit of uh, recognition out of it with the hockey news and stuff, it's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. I love that for you, man. I mean, it's exciting. I remember coming across your stuff when you were at Dauber and then uh, being an avid listener of your podcast, which by the way, uh, are we going to get a new prospects podcast from you at some point or another?
2: Uh, I don't think there'll be a podcast that I regularly do, but because at this point I'm doing a podcast yeah. every week with somebody else, it seems, and I love doing that because then I don't that, have to do best the editing to both worlds. stuff. But <laughs> oh yeah! In, in reality, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. <laughs> Having yeah, fun, it's Thomas. It's fine, <laughs> um, but no, like I'll, I'll be on the uh, the hockey news podcast from time to time as well, and I'll be doing a bunch of different things. So there'll be plenty of opportunity to hear me uh, just blow I like my it. steam.
0: Okay, Thomas, I've asked too many questions. It's oh, your okay. Turn.
2: Well, you're
1: the professional. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking. Uh,
0: about. The professional. <laughs> Give, me break. Give me a break. I I am uh, I am invested in this conversation because I feel like I get to talk about prospects just a little bit on the show okay. on a you know daily basis. And now we've got you know well, we've got somebody that we can kind of enjoy the conversation with thomas please be my guest
1: it's it's hard because like i do feel maybe this is just my own opinion and my own feelings but i do feel like the whole prospect area and this kind of appeals to like um every like professional sport especially baseball too i feel um but like the whole prospect game is like completely i feel like a separate thing and you get to like reap your rewards later by seeing the players move on like i think it was it might've been Will Scouch or something that I was listening to a live stream of his or something. it's like, Oh, when are you starting on the 2022 draft? And it's like, Oh, I've already have like uh, a list of 50 names or something. It's like, you just go through this cycle, an annual cycle that you have that I don't think like, it seems like very daunting for me. And it's just like kudos to all the draft people that go through this cycle and like learn about all these players where like, the normal mainstream media people don't know who like the third
2: line winger is on an nhl team <laughs> or something like <laughs> no and I, I think you're right there like it, it's such a weird task to take on and it doesn't require a lot of time and i have the benefit that my day job is very flexible with things and uh i, I do cnc work so when my machines are running and, and a lot of time the programs will be like th- four hours i have time to do what i want to do as long as my work's cut up and Uh, my my boss is very (laughs) open with the fact that I watch hockey a lot of times at work and and it's nice because I do have that extra time and and then it's a lot of late nights and early mornings and all that stuff but it's it's interesting to be one of the people that know the very few players that people don't know and and like I said you end up falling in love with these guys that you're like oh man if some team gets this guy in the fifth round or they're gonna get a guy And, and real realistically probably not like that's not how it works all the time so it's always fun to, when you get your hits, you get your misses and stuff. But th- there's a lot of people that take it too seriously, and I think Will's one of the perfect people that, that do this. I, he's one of my f- best friends uh, in in the business, and I, I think he does a great job because he he's very open with I'm not going to be right, and and that's why he every year at the draft he drafts his own team basically. He uh, uses the Maple Leafs picks and he takes the player he would take at that pick, and then he looks back and he looks at, he has team scouting. and then you look back and you're like that'd be a pretty good team right now, and in. It's one of those things that I think he does really well because he's able to kind of show the proof right away. He doesn't have to go back to his rankings. He can go, this is the decision I made at that pick. And in a lot of times he he's right. He's done a great job. So it's always fun to be kind of one of the people that know things that other people don't. And I think that's kind of the draw, like you said, of any of the prospects in, in any of the sports, especially baseball, where you're drafting a million rounds and, and these guys don't reach it for five, six, seven, eight years. And then eight years later, you're like, I called that one man, like I did it. That was me eight years ago. Right. So it's always a fun thing with that.
0: Do you enjoy the the part of you know having public rankings available? Is that something that you ever kind of battled with yourself about? Just because I think the, the thing that I've enjoyed about your work and, and Will's work is the kind of conviction it takes to be able to say, this is my guy this is where I'm going to, this is where I would draft him, whether or not he gets drafted there or not is, is kind of immaterial. Um, From a public ranking perspective, how did that all come to be? Did that, you know, kind of feel good when that started or was there a little bit of anxiety around kind of stamping your name next to your list for the first time?
2: Oh, it's incredible anxiety. The day I put my rankings out is just, I'm a ball of anxiety (laughs) and it's, and it's, it's something I enjoy though, at the same time, like I, I do love the fact that I'm able to kind of put my name out there and be like, Hey, this is, this is how I think it's going to go, or this is not necessarily how I think it's going to go, but this is how I think it should go. And, and you get to put your opinion out there. And especially when you have a guy, like I, I know will, a couple of years ago was huge on Murat Kuznodinov and I was, I was high on him as well, but not quite as high as Will. I think he had him at like 12, which is crazy because he got drafted in the second round, but I think he's done well since he got drafted. And for me, a guy like Moritz Seider or this year an Ayrton Martino. I had Martino in the top 20 this year and he got drafted in the third round by Dallas. And me, I'm sitting there doing that thing where I'm like, Oh, look at this third round pick. He's going to be a star. Yep. And no one knows it, but me. And, and who knows, this kid just got drafted. I, I love, I love his game and stuff, but maybe he is a star. Maybe we're seeing a guy like Logan Stankoven who fell down and he gets drafted higher and and everyone's like, well, why did he get drafted so low? Well, he was small. Well, we, we didn't learn from Braden point. We didn't learn from player yep. X and, and, every year we're getting teams that, that go back on, on the old school approach. And I mean, we're seeing the Ottawa senators bring in Pierre Maguire and, and that's going to go great. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but like, it, it's interesting to see what teams value. And you can see that in the draft, I think more than almost anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, agree. I
1: just know that Murat Kuznetdinov is going to be a star because he's a Minnesota wild prospect. So uh, there it is. There it um, is. Five nine. You're not uh, wrong. No, I know. But it was interesting. Like, <laughs> when you talk about height and stuff, and, like, looking at just the Wilds last year, because that was the first draft I covered um, with Hockey Wilderness, and they took two 5'9 guys with their first two picks, and Rossi and Kuznatino. But, like, those are, like, so high-skilled guys that doesn't really matter, like, what their size is, and you kind of just take the best player available, especially with, like, where their pool was last year. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see all, like, the different – I guess like you could tell what a team is thinking with some picks or like some classes, yeah. especially like you mentioned Ottawa and this past year of, uh, it wasn't terrible, but it's it was tough. a very, yeah,
2: it, was... <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it
1: totally was bad. I remember what, so again, we're going to mention scout because that's pretty much where I like, I know. And I'm, I feel like I'm smart enough to listen to people that actually watch the players. Like I don't have the time to like sit down and like watch like Tyler Boucher play a bunch of games. But I remember him saying something like it's not, it was like terrible, but then it's like, those players aren't bad. They're just like a bunch of like mid round picks like that you would take like Tyler Boucher is like decent for like what he is, but you know,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think I was on, uh, I was on the locked on sentence podcast Mm -hmm. and, they, they always have a ton of fun with me because I like to go on there and rip their prospect pool and their picks and everything. And this year was pretty easy yes. to do. And I, and I said to them, I'm like, I like Tyler Boucher as a mm-hmm. player. I, I genuinely do. I think he's a, a good player, but like you probably should have dropped him at like the end of the second round or in the third round, like 10 was really high, especially when you look at the other players that were there, there was so much skill and yeah. pace and, and, and just incredible players there that you're like, yeah, you got a guy that you can reasonably look at and go, that's a third line guy, but you passed up on a lot of guys that, although they might not have that like game-breaking first line carrying potential, they could play, they could be the third best player on a first line, or they could be a guy that's a really key contributor on a second line. And, and they went with an elite third liner. And in, in, I think anyone that's uh, a Leafs fan or, or follows the Leafs or just enjoys making fun of the Leafs, like myself, <laughs> who, who puts myself in all three of those categories. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where you're like, man, remember the last time they, they drafted an elite third liner and Tyler Biggs, that went super yeah. well. And, and it's like that. It, I felt like that was a lot of what the Ottawa centers were doing with the Tyler Boucher pick. Cause like I said, I like him as a player, but it just felt really high to draft a guy like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And I think it's, you know, if I think about kind of winners and losers of the most recent draft, it, would you say that, that they would be kind of your, your big loser uh, in, in the totality of the most recent draft?
2: Yeah, I, I probably would because they, they had a decent amount of picks going in and they traded up and they traded guys kind of all over the place. And, and then they ended up with a bunch of guys that I, I look at their draft class and I'm like, I think Zach Ostapchuk is a, a good mm-hmm. pick. But like you, you look at the rest of their class and like I was on their podcast and they're like Ben, Ben Roger. I'm like, that's a person. <laughs> like, that's the guy that was created on NHL 21. Like that's not like they made up a name. Chandler Romero, Ro, Roma, Romeo. <laughs> okay. Like, sure. I, I watched him definitely last year. No, I didn't. Like I I'm a guy that watches a hun- hundreds of prospects and they drafted a guy that I literally haven't yeah. heard of. I don't like, I don't understand some of the decisions they made. And so, yeah, like even the guys that I do like the Tyler Boucher, Zach stop Oliver Johansson, they kind of all went a lot like a round or two higher than they probably should. Yeah, yeah. for sure
0: who would you say the the winner was the and, wild, and the, minnesota was wild. Say, the minnesota i was just gonna say
2: minnesota i feel good about uh,
0: the wild i feel like kind kidding. of prospects twitter felt good about uh let talk the uh judd bracket era as yeah. it were but where are you at tony
2: uh considering i had Jesper wallace as number three or four <laughs> on my board come. all year there i love the wild draft pick especially because i was a big Carson lambos guy early in the year jack parrot was a guy that i I, I came on too late in the year and I, I love his game as well. And I think Kyle Masters is a really interesting pick as well. Like, I, I really like the Wilds draft, but if, if I have to choose a single winner, I think my winner is somewhere between Dallas and Carolina. I think Carolina, mm-hmm. they got a bunch of yes. players that are just, they were drafted around too late. Yeah. All of them. Like, every single one of them could have gone around higher and I would have liked the pick. Scott Morrow, Alexi Hamilzelmi, Billy Kovenin, like Aiden Horeshuk, J- Jackson Blake, Robert Orr, like even the guys that like, I'm not a huge fan of, like Justin Robota. Uh, and Nikita Coop, like where they got them, Yeah, it's great you're laughing. And, and they kept trading back and they kept trading back and they kept accumulating picks. And I, I'm looking at the page right now and I have to scroll up and down to see how many guys they drafted. It was ridiculous. And then with Dallas, I think they got a lot of the same thing. I think the reason I, I go with Carolina over Dallas though is because I, I wasn't a huge fan of the first round mm-hmm. pick for Dallas. Why Johnson's a good player? If you literally swap him and Logan Stankoven though and put Logan Stankoven in the first round and take Johnson in the second. I think that draft class is, is amazing. So I guess you can't really fault them too much because they still got both players, but getting guys like Jack Barr, one of my favorite players in the draft at 138, Ayrton Martino, who I I, I love the kid, and, and he, they get him in the third round. Logan Stankoven in the second round, who should have been a top 20 pick, a top 25 pick at worst. Like they, they got a lot of value there. So I think those two teams, Minnesota, they, they did a lot of good stuff I love in this it. draft. Thomas,
0: uh, do you uh, feel any differently? or? Um.
1: Well, so... Speaking of kind of Carolina and Koivinen, Koivinen was like doing all like a lot of the research and stuff that I did, like the two months before the draft. Um, not to make light of your guys' work. Uh, but I just really
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so that I could exactly. read stuff. Um, but like Koivinen... and I got shit for hating on the Samu to, to Amala pick from Philly in the BSH slack. So, like, and I got shit on because like People just saw his skill, but I was like, okay, Stan Copin was there, literally the next pick. Chibrakov, even. Koivinen, Ratty was still there. Like, there were so many players that they could have picked. But um, aside from that, aside from like Philly, just shit on. Um, I really like San Jose as well. Yeah, um, San Jose was a big one that they kind of just nailed Eklund. And then I'll have to look at the rest of their draft, but I remember liking them. I um, the they got, uh, Cardwell, I loved. Yeah. yeah, and then, like,
0: sangurias.
1: yeah, so it's just, like, really just solid guys, like, just solid players that you could really bank on, and, like, and led by Eklund, like, you can't get really worse than that. Yeah, so like, good. it's all, it's, it's going to be unreal, and he's already signed to his ELC, so we'll see where he goes from here. I don't know if he's, if he's going back to Sweden or not, I don't know if that's been decided somewhere. Um, I yeah. think he's going back, yeah, it makes it does, a lot yeah. of sense for him to go Yeah, back. especially he's with, great. like, the... His production in the shl last year and then just see but uh yeah. yeah like i i don't know i feel like those are the like outliers and i think minnesota did pretty well not to like just sting stay, stay in minnesota but like you talked about kyle masters and i literally just wrote about him today because we he was in our top 25 under 25 and just like watching what he can do and because and obviously i think this is an important topic to touch on because it was such a weird draft from league shutdowns and everything and we talked about it a little bit uh before tony but just like it's it's such a weird way to go into a draft of just like there's some players like you mentioned wyatt johnson that literally didn't play hockey ty Voight, the leafs first pick um just didn't play hockey that like this year like it's just like it's so weird to go through a draft where you're really banking on players that they did, did their own development And obviously they did research and stuff and why johnson might look like a really good pick um later on just because he just progresses like crazy this year especially in the ohl um but kyle masters is someone that hasn't even played 50 whl games because he was injured his rookie year and then this year was shortened and like and it was on a really shit red deer rebels team like it's just that it's just like (laughs) taking that and adding all that context and adding like this is your literally like your worst situation because you're playing in the WHL, but you don't haven't played a lot of games either because injury or shortened season, and you're on like one of the worst teams in the league as well. But he still like shone a lot. Like it was a very rocky first half, but then just like being able to kind of turn it on, be really mobile, um, and kind of like be everything that like a wild defenseman needs. Um, I don't know. I just I I kind of just like that. Pick, yeah. But yeah minnesota wild
2: no i I think kyle masters is a great pick especially where after after the top 100 like kyle masters has so many tools that you look at and you're like okay like this could be fun like this could be a really good and defenseman and i think one of the players that that probably isn't getting talked about enough in their their draft class is carson lambos because Mm -hmm. at the start of the year he was a top five top 10 guy on most boards i I, for me he was he was my favorite defenseman coming into the year i'll be completely honest with you and he he went over to sweet or finland and he had a not great stint in finland he went over and i I talked to him early on in a stint in finland and he was talking about how it's such a different game over there especially with the style of game he plays he plays a very aggressive attacking defensive game where he will be on you as soon as you come into the offensive zone he's he's trying to cut down that that gap really quickly in in finland when the ice is bigger there's a little bit more room to cover and there's there's some room that you're not expecting and, and then guys slip around you and he had some issues with that and then by the time he came back and, and finally adjusted and, and was ready to go over there and played a couple of pro games, he came back to the WHL and it was like, oh, now you're injured after two games. And, and, yeah. and then he was out the rest of the season. And so he didn't even get to play where he's comfortable with. He went over to Europe, was completely uncomfortable out of his element, learning a new language, learning to communicate with players that he's never played with in on an ice surface he's never played on. And then he kind of fell. And so to get him at 26, I think there's a realistic chance, I think, Minnesota got two of the top 10 players in the draft at the end of the day with what Jesper Wallstedt and Carson Lambos, if both of them work out to where their potential could be. Yeah. And like
1: I saw, I remember looking to Lambos too. Like he, I think the most he played was at the, like the second tier with 13 games. Like he went through all like junior second, second division yep. and pro in Finland, just like bouncing around. So it was like never comfortable with like the same roster too. Like it's so many factors with that, that just get overlooked of like, the box score scouts or whatever that like, Oh, he, he got two like, yep. he got no points or whatever, all this shit. And then like, but yeah, what can you do? And it's, can we like take a moment and just like shit on Edmonton for trading
2: down the yes for wall stat pick. Oh God. Edmonton <laughs> Just so good. Everything they do makes me hate them more. Just, I, I want Connor. I want everything good for Connor McDavid. I want good things to happen to him and I want him to win a Stanley cup. But, God, I want it to be outside of Edmonton, because they just don't know what the hell they're doing at scene. no matter who they bring in, any GM, any president, any assistant GM, they just love to just be Edmonton.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's hard to disagree with that to be honest <laughs> with you.
2: Did you um, uh, I, I love going yeah, on Edmonton I rants. Mean,
0: i'm I'm here for it. I like that too. <laughs> as long like I think the thing with with Edmonton is i I think they get in their own way way too often. And although I Way like the we go pick in the first round, um, I, I think them. you know, you never want to draft for a position necessarily always take the best player available, but yeah, it's, it, it's not, it's not great. I don't know. It's not great. The,
2: the thing is like, they've been looking for the goalie for yes. literally since Dwayne Rolison <laughs> and, and like when they had Dwayne Rolison, he was a hundred years old as well. So, they were still looking for a goalie then. And they had one. They had a guy that people loved. And they were like, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. And they just didn't draft him. And what was the pick?
1: Okay, it was the third, it was the 90th pick they got Luca Munzenberger. Oh, there you go. So, Luca Munzenberger and Burgo for, uh,
0: yes, for Wallstat. There you go. I mean, points for having a cool last name, but let me ask you this, (laughs) Tony. Was there anybody from, that was draft eligible last year. That didn't get selected. That you thought would definitely get selected this year, but then went undrafted again. Is there anybody? What, that I know we where should... you're
1: going, Chris. I know where you're going.
0: Nope. I want a... to hear what Tony. <laughs> I have some opinions, but I I uh, want to ask Tony first because I thought that that I'm was something think. that kept coming up, right? Where people would, you know, they would they would look at. There's a player I have in mind, a I'm certain, a hear. certain
1: German player, uh, a certain player that played <laughs> oh, on, played on Tim Stutz's uh, line in the world juniors.
0: Uh,
2: Florian yeah, Elias. Is that who we're talking of, about? Cause I would agree with there's
0: that. There's two of them, but that's the first one. Let's
2: start oh. there. <laughs> yeah, no Florian Elias. Yeah. I think he, 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 this kid's good. He's a good player. I don't know why no one's taking the chance. I don't, I, I don't understand it. So just drop this kid. Cause he's, you saw how capable he was of playing with stars. And I think we all know from Chris Kunitz's Olympic appearance, sometimes it pays to just be stars and, and just do like, if you see a guy who's not a star on his own, but he's capable of keeps what's yeah. over Chris Kunitz, in Chris Kunitz's case, Sidney Crosby. It, that takes a skill in and of its own. And I think a guy like Foyan Elias should be on an NHL roster eventually because he can do that. And he may not be a first line guy. He may not be a second line guy, but I think he's going to be a capable NHLer at some point. And if I get to throw another name in there, and this is just purely selfish of me because I love him and he's <laughs> tiny, but Yuso Mayanpa, the five foot four, what? yeah, he's saw. tiny. I love this kid. There's no chance he's getting drafted, but oh boy, is he fun! And in, I think he's actually five foot five now. Um, they, oh. there's rumors he's grown to five seven, deals. but that's definitely, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely uh some boosters in his shoes. But no, he's he's a ton of fun. He's got a, a lot of like. He's got some of that attitude where the little guy trying to fight the big dog and stuff. And it, it's fun to watch. And hopefully I get to watch him for years in Finland's Liga because I, I don't there think he's was, ever making it to the uh, NHL. There was a couple
0: of other people I wanted to ask you about because I felt like this was a, a hot topic the day of. Uh, Peter Reynolds not getting drafted. Do you have any thoughts about him?
2: Oh, I liked Peter Reynolds. I thought he was a guy that a team could go, you know what? There's tools here. He's got some, a lot of speed. He's got a pace to his game. He, but there's details he has to work out with. And can he kind of handle the puck at those speeds? Can he, can he play his game while using the tools that he has? And, and sometimes he wasn't able to, but you see NHL teams all the time. going, We can fix this guy. But instead, but instead the Ottawa centers, to Tyler Boucher, I I
0: find it's such like a polarizing team this way because They also had Brady Burns that didn't get drafted, and Josh Lawrence that didn't get drafted, and now you've got Peter Reynolds this year. All guys that I for sure expected to get drafted. So it's it's very weird for me.
2: Honestly, I I think it has a lot. Like we we look at a guy like Jeremy Poirier. Yes, yeah, good point. He's the epitome of that team. I think in, in what they've been for a few years now, and and that's a team that does not know how what defense even is but loves to push the pace and skate and use the skill they have and just kind of try to win 10 to seven. And and in the QMJHL, you can do that. And that's why they've been a pretty decent team at times, but in in certainly they've been an entertaining team. So it's going to be interesting. I think Peter Reynolds is one of those guys that next year, he's going to get drafted fairly high, despite being an overager and people are going to go, why wasn't he drafted last year? And that's certainly what I hope happens because I, he's a player I really like watching because he has the speed. He has the skill at times. He has the, the pace that you love to see at the NHL level. Cause it's just end to end hockey, but there, there's a lot to work on in the details of his game as well. Absolutely.
0: Thomas, do you have any questions about this past year's draft you want to add before we move on?
1: Um, not really. Like I, I know that you mentioned earlier when you were able to like hang out, for the draft like unable like just kind of unplug a little bit um and not like worry about super big reports or have to like give your opinion other than like podcasts like this or future writing um kind of the day of but like do you have a r- ritual or anything like that you did before and kind of return to
2: oh yeah like i know this is th- this year i was able to kind of toss the tv on bring the laptop out and just kind of relax but no, most years I bring my desk out to my living room. I set up and I got like water and <laughs> chips and a pizza. And like, I have a big, I have food right beside me. So I don't have to get up. And then I'm tweeting out profiles and I'm trying to make sure I'm updating the website and stuff. So, but now with the hockey news, I won't have to do all of that stuff, but I'm still going to have the pizza and go. I'm still going to have the laptop out with the desk and the TV's still going to be going. And I'm going to have it muted. Cause I don't want to hear about bloodlines all that often <laughs> because I know who these players are, but it's nice to see that the picks come up relatively not quickly at all whatsoever in the last two years, but hopefully we get back to normalcy. But in, in this year, hopefully uh, the, the plan the last two years was to be at the draft and, and that didn't happen the last two years. Cause uh, the, the world ended, yes. which was fun, yeah. but this year, hopefully I'll be able to get to Montreal and be at the draft and be able to do something from the floor because that, that's the goal at the end of the day. I, I, I want to be at the draft and it's going to be a ton of fun. And this year, hopefully the world isn't completely ended. Yep. We'll how
0: are you, uh, how are you feeling about, you know, the, the 2022 draft? I know it seems like as soon as the entry draft's done, there's like a couple of days, then there's free agency and then people are back to their draft analysis prepping for the next year. Uh, is there anybody that, that stands out to you and why do you think uh, Brad Lambert is better than Shane Wright? <laughs> oh that's sacrilege. oh my God! That is. Terrible. I I had to throw it out there just to oh see what you'd goodness. say. I love Sheen, right? But I love Brad Lambert. So it's it's a I, tricky I one. I do
2: like Brad Lambert. He he's a ton of fun. I I think we're gonna be seeing uh an interesting year because this last year was a little bit of a drag because I mean, in fairness, there was a pandemic. The leagues were shut down and everything. But it it was a draft class that was a little bit lacking inspiration. Like we, you saw guys like Matthew Beniers be at the top of a lot of boards. You saw Owen Power go first overall. And you're like, those are great fifth overall picks. And and that's what we saw at the top of this year's draft. But coming to 2022, it's going to be interesting because we don't have that. We have a lot of players who in, in many years, they'd go first overall. Like we're seeing guys like Shane Wright, Brad Lambert, uh, Matthew Savoy, and, and a lot of names going these are really legitimate prospects. I think you're seeing uh, Maroshinchenko, the Russian kid, and, and Danila Yurov, another Russian, where you're like, oh, man, the, the entire Slovakian team at the Holinka <laughs> yeah. this year was just a ton of fun. They were like a, a just a blast. Slovakian kids go in the first round, I think, realistically. So I, I think there's a lot of skill in this draft. We're, we're being rewarded for last year's lacking draft, and, and hopefully every league plays this year. Hopefully we see all the players kind of, in their element, doing their thing, and being as, as good as they can be because there's a lot of really good players in this year's draft. Absolutely.
0: I was curious to ask you a little bit more about um, how you think your process will change uh, because hopefully, fingers crossed, for you and I both, we'll be able to, to get out to the rink as much as we had been in years past. Uh, leaning so heavily on video scouting the last year, do you expect that you'll be in rinks more or less how do you expect to find a balance that works best for you from a in-person versus, uh, you know, video viewing?
2: This is always my favorite question when people ask me, because I go, I'm not going to change a whole lot to be completely honest, aside from being in rinks, like I was beforehand. Like I was in rinks almost every weekend, like a couple years ago and stuff. But the fact of the matter is like, I I can't go to the world juniors in Slovakia or Sweden or wherever it is. So, I'm doing a lot of video scouting as it is. I can't go to super elite games or Finnish Liga games, so I'm watching any European kid, any kid out west, any kid in the QMJHL, even on video for the most part. And yeah. I get to a lot of USHL games. I get to a lot of Ontario Hockey League games. I'm in Windsor, so I can hop right over the border to Michigan. I can go up to Toronto if I want to watch games up there and stuff. And I have a pretty good spot where I can get a lot of players in, and, and Plymouth yes. likes to host international tournaments, so I certainly yeah. don't hate when that happens, and, and it, it's been nice. So I'm in a pretty good spot, but at the end of the day, like I, I, most of my scouting is done on video, to be completely really? honest, because I have to. I, otherwise, I'm just covering the guys in Ontario and Michigan, basically, and I want to cover the, the Swedish guys. I want to see the Slovakian kids excel. I want to see the, which Russian pops out of the top of the class. It's going to yeah. be interesting. So I, I do a lot of video. I, I can't wait to get back in the rinks I, I miss the rink so bad the rink in plymouth the usa hockey arena is probably my favorite rink i've been to it just it, it's like such a good classic rink and it feels like a almost like a high school rink but you're seeing guys like jack hughes cole caulfield come through there and you're like these are not high school players these are very high-end players that are going to be nhl stars soon and we saw Austin matthews go yeah. through that program so it, it's a lot of fun to s- see the kids live but yeah i do a lot of videos getting so my laptop's always with me and i'm always tossing games on whenever I can, whether I'm jumping on the treadmill or whatever it is.
0: How has your evaluation changed, do you think? Because I imagine it's probably changed a little bit with COVID and not being able to to get out to a rink. Has has that uh, impacted your processes at all?
2: I think it has a little bit, but it's just like on on the outside details, really. I think it's harder to get uh the, the feel for who the player is as a person yes. when you're not being able to get in the rink. And and that's why I think last year it was so key that I started doing a lot more interviews and stuff. And there were interviews I didn't even release because I just there was there's too much like I was just getting information on the player. It wasn't even a a work yeah. thing. I was just trying to get who is this kid, right? And I, I interviewed guys like uh, Scott Morrow, Fabian Lissell, William Eklund last year and uh Jack Barr, a ton of a ton of names and, and they went in the first and second rounds and stuff. And in having the background on those guys and getting to know them a little bit. And, and, and a big feature that I did last year that I'll be continuing to do with the hockey news is a video series that I do called game tape, where basically I talk to them for five, 10 minutes, like your standard interview. And then I go over, I pull out clips and I show them clips and then we break them down together. I get their opinion on their own game. And I was basically inspired to do that from the NFL draft because you see all the time they get the quarterbacks in the room. What are you seeing on this play? What are you gonna do? What's your kind of decision-making process and and how did you get to this point? And I started doing that with guys in the NHL or guys in the NHL draft because no one was really doing it. And I, I questioned why. And, and and when I started doing it, I went, Oh, because it's very <laughs> difficult because a shift can be very different from time to time. So you got to take parts of shifts, you gotta you gotta really kind of work to get a good clip of what you're trying to get out of the player and which you want them to explain. And, but at the same time, it's, it's been extremely rewarding because getting a guy like Scott Morrow on and, and and even just asking him a question where it's not about his game tape, where I go, how much do you pay attention to the NHL draft? Because there's a lot of players that pay a ton of attention. A lot of players that don't pay any attention at all. And a guy like Scott Morrow, who's playing at Shattuck St. Mary's a U.S. high school program going, "Ah, I don't pay attention that much because every time I don't see myself at number one, I get a little pissed off. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, this is Fire the kind up. of guy I like. This is my boy. Yeah. Um, and and you, you get a bunch of guys like that. Matthew Coronado was really charismatic like that as well. Like, there's a lot of guys that had that confidence. And uh, you you hear rumors and, and attitude issues and stuff with certain players, and you interview them, and you come away feeling a little bit different from what people think. And, and then you – or you have them explain that directly. Like, I remember there was one player specifically that a lot of people were like, oh, he has attitude issues. His team didn't like him, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And I interviewed him once for the the game tape series, and then I interviewed him twice outside of that just to see if I could pick up on the attitude issue, just to see what was kind of inspiring that, that rumor from people. And I, I asked him point blank. I'm like, people say you have an attitude issue. What's that about? And he just said, well, I'm a very confident kid. And sometimes, as we all know, confidence, especially in kids, comes off as cockiness. Yeah and he explained the situation and explained very maturely what his opinion of the situation was and why he thinks he has that label and for me I was like that's all i needed like you did you did what i needed you to do you you confirmed what was going on and in at the end of the day like a lot of times when a kid gets traded midseason the team's going to not be super happy about it especially when he requested the trade right. so it's always a, an interesting puzzle to put together, but I, I think interviewing the kids was a really great substitute for not being in the slosh. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And I admire, you know, getting ahead of certain narratives that are sometimes pushed at from people who don't know, or maybe not as courageous to ask the question point blank. That seems to be coming up a little bit more frequently around, you know, character and, and things like that being, uh, you know, questioned by some, by some prospects. And I think sometimes it's completely warranted. And I think there's other times where people forget what it's like to be, you know, a 16, 17 or 18 year old kid. Um, And most of the time are people that have not experienced what it's like to be an athlete to the, to the level that these, these kids are right. So um, I'm willing to, to give a little bit there to, to try and understand so there's, there's situations all the time where I don't think we're getting the full story. Um, so anyways, that's, that's a long winded way of of me saying that uh, it, it it's good that you have an understanding of, of how that all comes together. But
2: Thomas, no, I, I think you're right there, right? Like I, I was just going to say real quick is, is like, we look at, th- there's obviously players that, that shouldn't get rewarded. I think Logan may use the guy this year that we're all going to talk about, but absolutely. Th- you look at that situation and you're like, there's a difference between attitude issues and being kind of a dick. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's a big, there's a big difference there. Being a bad person or being just a teenager who's an idiot. And I think a lot of times it's a teenager being an idiot and they'll come out of it. Like we, we, we everyone loves to post that John Tavares picture on when he's got the blonde hair and the goofy shirt and stuff. And like, these are kids at the end of the day, like they're dumb kids playing in the OHL playing in Sweden, playing wherever and, and you look and you go, yeah, they're going to be dumb. They're going to make some dumb jokes and stuff. But then there's kids that cross lines. And, and those are the kids you really have to go, all right, now we have to really consider things. And is this the kind of person we want in our locker room? Is this the kind of person we want in our organization? And the Montreal Canadiens sure seem to guys, want to. Guys, I've got to
0: be honest with you. My wife just called me upstairs because apparently there's a centipede in the bathroom <laughs> that I need to kill. Well,
1: um, solid. We'll carry on. That's okay. Yeah,
0: just carry on. If you hear the, the water running in the bathroom, that's all it is. Now you know.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It
0: was um, yeah,
1: I was just going to say, like, I felt like a lot of the character, like, it's kind of a thing. It's an interesting thing when you come at hockey and uh, prospects, like, really loving kind of skill and um i guess the underrated players or like looking for kind of the context of it or looking for like the leg up on people and like i remember when i was really trying to do that and like interested in prospects but like really getting like my head into like data and advanced stats and then be like okay like what's like the inefficiency that people aren't seeing or whatever and then like it's it's hard because then also like I would also shit on people that thought character really mattered. And it was like kind of this like gut reaction. I don't know if it's like anything that's very similar or like anything that's just like, maybe it's just my immaturity. Cause I was like a teenager at the time, like trying to get into analytics and trying to like find this footing. But then like, as you like grow older and kind of understand like workplaces and like get that experience and stuff mm. you're like, yeah, like literally I don't like, having a dude that you like clearly doesn't want to be there and doesn't give a shit. And like, no matter how skilled they are, it really rubs you the wrong way. And it rubs the whole like workplace the wrong way. So like with that experience and with that kind of like, I don't want to say maturity, but also like maturity, then like, it's kind of owns in on like teams should be looking at a player's character. And like, aside from obviously like the criminal aspects of it, like literally this person's a criminal, um, then like, yeah like if you're if this dude isn't going to enjoy being here and isn't going to enjoy like isn't a very team-friendly guy then like maybe he'll slide down a bit because i'll rather have like a b plus guy that is gets along with everyone than like an a guy that is a total dick like it's just like it's so it's something that i thought that didn't matter at all but then it's something that has crept up and be like yeah like it totally makes sense like kind of this
2: old school mentality kind of exists yeah no I think it's completely right like I think anytime you're looking at a situation like this and I think I'm a victim of it as well where I I do value Mm -hmm. speed skill the the flash the flair of of a game so much and obviously there's limits that when you when you're just overly skilled and you don't have any pace to your game and stuff like that there's holes but I value those guys I value the guys that have that ability to push the pace and the speed and the skill but like you said, there there does come that that character factor, and I think the one thing I I push back on is is you need the guy that's gonna hit people, you need the guy that's gonna truck people, you need Tyler Clevin, you need Roman Schmidt, you need those guys, and I think I push back on that, in, in a lot of times well, people that that's a character guy, and I'm like, no, that's a guy that hits people, that's different, and, and I think that's where I push back because at the end of the day, like you can get anyone to go out and play hockey the way you want them to play, and maybe he's not going to hit as much, but if that's not his game, then you can't ask a player to play outside of his own game because then he's going to detract from the the strength that he does have. So don't draft the guy that can hit. Just sign him in free agency. It's going to be a lot easier when you sign him to an entry, or not an entry-level deal, but a a league minimum deal or a a $1 million deal. If you want the guy that's going to be really valuable in the draft, you need to get the guy that brings some skill to the game. And, And those guys sometimes have the physicality. Look at a guy like Tyler Boucher, as much as I joke about him, and the Ottawa center is picking him at 10. He's a guy that does have the, some offensive ability. He, he's able to push the pace a bit. He's able to kind of throw that body weight around. And we've seen that in this summer, in some of the games he's played for the States. You look at a guy like Zachary LaRue, who despite four suspensions in a shortened season <laughs> is, is a guy that has a lot of offensive ability and he has the ability to get in a guy's face. And I, I think, on a guy like Zachary LaRue, you look at those four suspensions and you got to go, okay, what what happened here? It's a shortened season. Like, you only played 40 games. What what are you doing? And you look at it and okay, there's a fighting and then there was an after whistle thing and then his goalie got chopped in the groin and he tackled the guy and he got suspended for that. You, like, and,
1: flip off the ref. You look bud. at the...
2: the, the yeah, yeah, he flipped off the ref. He's, and, and so I look at oh, all the suspensions it. and I'm like, okay, like, three of the four were pretty stupid. Like, they like... They, they, they wouldn't be suspensions at the NHL level because it's fighting after the whistle or it's fighting too many times in a season and stuff like that. But the one was flipping off the ref and spitting in a player's face. So you're like, okay, like, let's talk Zach. What, what was going on that day? And, and you hopefully have them explain it and you go, all right, well, we're not taking you in the top 15, but at the end of the first round, we'll take you. And, and that's what happened with him. So I think you, you want the skill, you want the speed, you want the physicality even, but you can't sacrifice the ability to play hockey just to get the physicality element.
0: Speaking right. of physicality, uh, it was an earwig, <laughs> and I crushed it. And all is well in the Killingworth House. Now you guys know. Peace and love. How about that? Peace and love. Robin came down, and she goes, "Babe, babe, you got to come upstairs right now." And uh, anyways, Tony, if you haven't put this together already, I'm sure you have. We, we let it go a little loose around here on this podcast. We let's like have oh, some fun, fun along the way. Um, the production quality will often have weird noises going on in the <laughs> background. It's just kind of how we roll. Um, <laughs> if,
1: if So Chris, uh, one time recorded in the middle of the Barry Mall. Um, he recorded oh, okay. a podcast in front of his washing machine while it was running
0: uh yeah that was bad that's <laughs> what
1: was another one in your car well, and then you it, we it kept makes... we kept in you ordering coffee uh yeah, what else i'm trying to think of
2: anything else i love like my worst one <laughs> my worst one i was i was driving somewhere and I'm, I'm i get called and i'm like oh shit like i forgot about this and uh they, they Come up on my speaker, and I have the Bluetooth on my car, so I'm like, okay, this is this should be fine. And then my window rolled down; <laughs> I couldn't get it to roll back up. There was an electrical issue, oh, so the back no. window is just going off while I'm driving down the highway. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so I end up pulling off to the side of the road to finish this podcast. So I'm just sitting there talking to my car. Uh, I love it. Not if it's
1: good enough for Scott Burnside and Pierre LeBrun, uh, it's oh. good enough for us.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> when cardiotics. I when I realized how bad their podcast sound, there is nothing else that I could do oh. that would somehow make it worse. But yeah, uh, we have a low Tony... bar. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment
1: I just discovered uh, Cam Atkinson's Spotify profile, um, and since okay, you're a music guy, Tony, because we've we've uh, do Chris, do you have any hockey questions left for the pod, or can I divert? I would, can I can I derail every, this? Uh,
0: you, I would from, love if you would, only because I got nothing hockey left in the tank. No, nope. okay, that's
1: fine. Um, so let's play a game and guess by the title what is in the. <laughs> the playlist.
0: Oh, uh, uh, this sounds fun. Oh, yeah, because you had Tawny, uh, Tawny, Tony, uh Tony, Tony. Tony. We're gonna start calling you what Tawny. A name, Tawny. Tawny, moving forward. That's good. Cool. You had uh Tony on uh on your other podcast, my SG.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I feel like some stuff would kind of is would kind of hit, but uh okay, let's uh let's start this up. I'm gonna be writing this for Ross Street hockey too. I'm gonna I just decided right now I'm going to do a <laughs> deep dive on a Spotify playlist. Um, so Ready? let's, uh, <laughs> let's do one that was, can I see when it was uh, created? Maybe not. Um, okay. There's one called uh, Feeling Myself. It is 13 minutes long. Okay. Um,
0: the whole playlist is only the shower 13. Playlist. Yeah, I
1: was going to say. That's the shower playlist. Um, oh, no, sorry. 13 uh, hours. Sorry. 13 hours. Uh, oh, he's really feeling go. himself <laughs> yeah, i think this is from like 2016 i want to say but yeah oh, um that's... there's got to be some Katy perry mm, okay. yeah i can't scroll through this much but uh let's see okay there's feeling myself I, it's a lot of hip-hop
0: actually i'm, he's a... I'm gonna guess like um Like, he's, like, got, like, a little bit of, like, an EDM side to him. So he's got, like, some Tiesto and, like, DJ Snake and stuff on there. Is that accurate? Lots of DJ Khaled. Yes. Absolutely. Drake probably is on there, I would guess.
1: There's a lot of Drake. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's, it's like, Drake, Future, uh, Kanye, Fetty Wap. That's how old it is. Ooh, Fetty Um, Wap. Lil Wayne, Jay Z, yeah, it's like all like kind of the big, 2010 hip hop, pretty much. Uh, last song he added was uh, "Trap Queen," so that's you could already say that. I can get behind that. Okay, I love him. Let's uh, let's do another one. Uh, "Locker Room," <laughs> all one word, of course. Um,
2: uh, this one's forty minutes. I'm getting. It's gotta be like Fort Minor. <laughs> Fort um, Minor, I love it. Yeah. Like yeah, that, like the
0: sweet Yeah. I want to say it was. Um, I be on it. Uh, so
1: I think you named someone already. There's DJ Snake. Ah, knew it. There you go. Um, Mike Posner. Mike Posner.
0: Oh, yeah, bud. He's um, in his feelings. I like that. Good for him.
2: And flow rider, I like that. Oh, flow, you gotta have flow ride in the locker room, boys. I like it. You don't have flow ride in the locker room, you're not doing it. I think right. that was Apple 20- bottom jeans. I think Who's that was 2015. Flow rider a pit bull. Oh, definitely on there. I'll tell you, oh. I've never
0: really been. I, I've told this story on the podcast before, but when I was on my honeymoon, my wife and I were driving through Miami. And when you listen to Pitbull in Miami, it all makes complete sense. All the songs. Oh, yeah. I like it. It, you're, 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 you're physically where he intends everyone to be when he's yelling Mr. 305. Because you're in the 305 and it all starts to make sense. That's, that's my thought on Pitbull. Okay.
1: He has a playlist um, that's six songs that's just labeled Playoffs. Um, oh, there's one I have no idea song that you're actually it's so funny that's on here. Um, it's uh, Slash encore Jay Z and Lincoln Park.
2: There oh, it is. Yeah. Tony was right, beautiful, Tony knows. just beautiful. <laughs> it's so per- that's the re- that's the remix right there. That's so, the one you got to get uh, anytime you get into the it's bonus. that,
1: and then following it is Thunderstruck. By ACDC. So Mom, this, the playoffs, they're like,
2: for that. I mean, back yeah. to back, back to back. Those are two solid songs. That's <laughs> the softball playlist, boys. Oh, <laughs> one song into the other. I like
0: it. I like yeah.
1: it a lot. Uh, one more. Let's do one more. Um, he has a chill playlist. Um,
0: oh, I'm going to guess Bonnie Vare's on there. Uh, close. I have.
1: There's one that's close. Okay.
0: Um, hmm. Maybe like a little um is like Tegan and Sarah or like something like that on there.
1: There's Angus and Julia Stone, whoever that is. I don't know. Don't know them. Literally no Um, idea. Does this uh ring a bell or oh no? My speakers don't work on my phone. Never mind. Oh no.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, I know this song, baby.
1: But it's the it's the walk off the earth version
2: yeah oh even better good yeah, for him that's enough of that he's very
0: chill he um, strikes me as someone who's who's like very um like in touch with that side of himself like that's not terribly surprising oh,
1: i love him. that he's on a team that i care about honestly oh. like that trade <laughs> he's like embracing the whole philly thing too like he's going to cheesesteak he like
2: he showed up yeah. his first
1: player interview as a flyer he showed up in a picture that had gritty on. he showed up in a Sorry, a shirt that had gritty on it. Just like fully. That's
0: beautiful. Did you hear the story around that photo? No. Because it's a great story. So I listened to it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. But basically the story is it was his son's birthday when he found out that he got traded. And Stinger, like the Columbus Blue Jackets mascot, was at the birthday party. He found out that he got traded when the Columbus Blue Jacket like Stinger the mascot was there like en- entertaining the children at the party and he had a gritty t-shirt that he put on and apparently there's all of these photos with like him having Stinger in like a headlock ready to punch him in the face. So
2: so That's so oh, it's beautiful.
0: It's he I just seems it. like a he seems like a fun guy that's kind of the vibe i'm getting
1: yeah a lot of like i think the flyers kind of basically except or Slime, but the flyers i think just just like (laughs) okay (laughs) don't don't make fun of the team (laughs) uh but they just like got a bunch of like fun loving guys like ryan ellis is going to be there forever now and like just kind of shifted the roster a bit that uh it's just going to be a fun locker room except like misery before
0: but uh yeah Uh Kate, Tony, I have one more I have one more hockey question for you. Which team got better in free agency? Which team got worse through free agency? That's the last one for me, Thomas. Uh,
2: Ah man, free agency. I'm trying to remember free agency. (laughs) I feel like Columbus did a good job. I feel like Columbus did a good job with the trades and everything before the draft as well and everything. Yep, I agree with Um, that. Uh Carolina sold their soul. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and yeah. Signed
2: Tony D'Angelo. Um yeah, I don't know. There's a I barely even remember free agency. It's hard. It was so long ago now, right? I'm trying to look. I think I saw a chart where Detroit Detroit did well. Yeah, yeah. I thought I Detroit think, did just well just because they signed competent and NHL. Suitors, they got and kind
0: got in that. Yeah.
2: Uh it was
1: um shit, uh New Jersey. Getting Dougie. Oh yes, uh, Dougie um, Hamilton. Getting That's a good one. uh Tatar. They got Brendan, not Brendan Smith. Um yeah, they got Thomas Tatar. Who else did they get? I that was it. But yeah. I don't know, I feel like one of those probably
0: worked. So there were some good and some bad.
2: Yeah i i t- toronto did an okay job i guess like peter mrazic school oh, i yeah. I, love I love the nick ritchie
0: that.
2: signing but i'm nick ritchie signing seems like it, it adds it what will. they need yeah um i agree with that i i like the 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 chance on mm-hmm. Andre cassha like I, I i like him as a player so i think toronto did okay that's me being a little bit of a, a, a homer um again detroit did well i think Resigning Verona to a, de- a pretty decent deal was good. Bertuzzi's on a decent contract. Like you said, Suter, Gagne, resigned. Um, yeah, like Edmonton did Edmonton's thing. I love that. That's Cody, CeCe, Tyson, Barry, getting bring all the Toronto Maple Leafs back together.
0: <laughs> I uh, just the can't band wait back to see together. that.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, just, what, a, what a crew. So you what did you crew. grow up a, LA, a I, fan,
0: or were you a Red Wings fan so close to to the border there?
2: Uh, my entire family was Red Wings fans. So me being an idiot was like, you know what? I'm going to go for this blue team. <laughs> and then I watched their team win a lot of Stanley cups. Yeah. And that sucked, but no, yeah. I've always been a very self-deprecating Leafs fan and uh, I hate the team with a passion, but I will be back in October, sadly to cry my tears out until the fall when, or until the spring when they inevitably lose to Boston.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's going to be great. Um... It's true.
1: I feel like getting... So, one mention of a team that got worse. I feel like Colorado got worse. I don't know. Yeah. Big,
2: Losing Grubauer, I
1: think, is a way bigger
2: the deal than people made, yeah, made it like seem. Yeah, like who's playing... Like, Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz. Like, what the fuck? I mean, both guys, pictures of health the last yeah, couple exactly. of years. exactly. Like, and
1: Darcy Kemper, I feel like... Like, not that long ago. It was just, like, a guy. Like, he was whatever. Maybe I'm, like, remembering his, like...
2: He's been
0: years with the good
2: wild for like, like three years yeah he's been good he's just not never healthy yeah that's his that's biggest issue. issue it's like you're you can you can't rely on him to be your starter and then power francos francos whatever you want to call him like okay like he had a decent stretch of five games a couple of years back but he hasn't been great so yeah. i don't i don't know colorado yeah like they went from a team that i was like man this team should win the cup in the next couple of years to a team where i'm like if they get a goalie, they should compete for the cup, but they need a goalie, I still think. Yeah,
1: they should yeah. make something, some sort of deal. Like, the last time Kemper played more than 40 games was 2018-19, played 55, and that was his best season by far. 925 save percentage. Like, best, like, in total, too. Like, the next year, he had a better save percentage, but it was just 29 games. Like, it's, it's yeah, tricky. Like,
0: uh... Whatever. All right, well... Listen, Tony, we've taken up a lot of your time. And as much as I want to hear Thomas uh, rattle off, um, you know, lies about Darcy Kemper, um, (laughs) we should probably let you go. Is there anything uh, people can check out? Where can people find your work these days?
2: Uh, Find it on the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated's website. Uh, I just put a thing on Russian Prospects, talked about guys like Vasily Podkolzin and and a few other guys coming over, as well as a, a few of the draft prospects. Uh, Muresh Machenko, Danila Yurov and stuff. And I also wrote a, a fun little piece on the Slovakian team from the Holinka Gretzky last week. So check that out because it's, uh, it's it's fun. I didn't really take it too seriously. And there's a ton of fun players coming out of Slovakia, which we haven't seen in a while since uh, a generation or two ago, it seems. So it, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I, something every week on on the hockey news. That's where you'll find me, usually Sundays. And when the season starts, I'll be doing those game tape videos again. So that'll be fun.
0: Awesome well thanks for coming on we really appreciate it is there anybody that's uh like a close second in terms of uh favorite uh bald draft analysts are you still holding down number Uh, one forever and ever
2: i'm gonna hold down number one forever and ever because i'm so goddamn good looking but um, (laughs) it's josh bell josh bell would be my guy i think he does a great job as well Uh, he works over at fc hockey he's ton of done a ton of really good stuff and He's not quite as conceited as I am, but he's he's really good at his job. So I got to show him some respect too. Awesome. All right, man. Well,
0: thanks uh, for for coming on. Much appreciated. Hopefully we can have you back again, uh, you know, to, to prep 2022 draft coverage and uh, have a great night. Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, no problem, boys. And hopefully my computer works next time and doesn't decide to update five minutes into the call.
0: That's okay. We can... Uh, <laughs> we we had fun. It was it's, it's it's typical. funny how it happened. Yeah, it's, it is. It's probably the hoser's curse. I would uh, make sure that your software is up to date before you go to bed. Cause uh, yeah, that, that could, that could cause some problems for you moving forward, but yeah, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing that's happened in an interview. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> I'm just glad I could add to the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks again.